Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Shades of Brilliance. I'm your host, Sierra Venable. And oh, my Lord, so much has happened since we last talked. I feel like I left off the pod in this great place. I was like, I shine. Everybody deserves to shine. I have really, and I've talked about this through multiple episodes now, but I've struggled coming back to London because the rubber finally meets the road, right? Like the first three months I was happy. I was, you know, on vacation mode. I was just soaking everything in. It, everything was new, right? So there was this level of like, out, you know, I, I, my energy could maintain itself in some way because it was like everything was new. Now things are starting to settle in. And so I've been required to manage my energy better. I've been required to pull away from things that don't serve me, um, you know, hold things back. And everybody needs to know that, you know. And so I'm back on this like, it's crazy. It's almost like I was, like I said, on vacation and now I'm trying to like pull it all back. Like I'm back, but it's also just a new way of living. I'm in a different country. So in some level, things are still exciting and new, but it's such an unknown. It's like I'm thrust into this ultimate unknown and it feels more exciting. When I was in the unknown in LA or like any other phase of my life, it felt super paralyzing. I'm handling it better than I thought I would. Um, And I just take it day by, I seem to be taking it day by day. But since the last time we talked, a lot has unfolded, y'all. A lot has unfolded. And I'm not even sure how deep I want to go into this, but um, I came up on a situation um, in my professional life, because a lot of my life right now is my my professional life. I am in my master's program, and that is huge. I finally understand now why people drop out of their postgraduate courses or, you know, it's really difficult to go back to school once you've left school because master's programs are no joke. Like you are literally in school. Your school is your full-time job. They're 40 hour a week loads. Plus you've got to do the work, right? Because I'm in an arts degree. So we have all this stuff. We're soaking in all of this information, but then you also have to get yourself into a place where you can produce and create the work. And I don't work as an artist where I you know, bully myself into producing something that will look a certain way. I very much have to just be open to the flow of life. That is the only way I've ever created. And I know myself, like I know that I need to just find a place to be present and to just let new thoughts come through. And so the program that I'm in has just gotten a lot more competitive, which is normal. I'm not really upset about that. But It feels like everybody around me is so frazzled. Sorry if you're in my program and you're listening to this and you're like, is she talking about me? (laughs) I'm not talking about anybody particularly. I just think that a lot of times, even on top of that, academia is so intense. Like, I love higher level education because it has brought me so much clarity in my life. And I love challenging myself in that way. There are so many opportunities in my life that will open doors that will open because I have, you know, ascended to a higher level of thinking. Like the, the levels of critical thinking are insane. Um, I really don't know who I would be without this. So I'm very thankful for academia, but at the same time, academia is very competitive and it is situated in this very intense 
kind of, there's a standard, there's a mean. If you're not meeting that, there's something wrong with you. And so the culture of academia, especially as it relates to creative, can be such oil and water. It'd be one thing to go get a PhD in, you know, some kind of chemical engineering, okay? It's going to be intense. It's going to be grueling, whatever. To then have to turn around from these really oppressive environments and then have to create, it feels impossible. And it's like really grueling because I'm questioning to myself, is this what the industry is going to be like? Like, this is what my career is going to be like, is a bunch of what feels like impossible energy. And I've got so many projects and so much on my plate from clients on the side to two projects right now. I'm I'm adding a third next week. Um, they gave us like a little two week break. Where we only have to work on one class, which is two assignments. And then I've got to start another one next week. So there's just, it's like around every corner, I don't know what to expect. And so it's really pushed me creatively and it's challenged me academically, but um, personally, it has been really difficult. And in terms of relationship, developing a relationship with with people who are all frazzled (laughs) and all, you know, in different places is really difficult. And so tensions were high, honey. And I think when tensions are high and things get uncertain, and I've noted, I went to fashion school. So this is not, these kind of, this kind of energy is not new for me. But a lot of artists will start playing chess. And this is not even just artists. People in general, when they feel a loss of control, will start playing chess. And that's my analogy. I've used that analogy before. But I was in a situation where some people thought I was dumb and that I was just going to be a pawn on the chessboard. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. That's not how this works. And... I really, it really shocked me, not because I had to stand up for myself. That was the easy part, which is I've come a long way to doing that. So I was proud of myself because typically I would, you know, in the moment, acquiesce just to get away from the situation. And I would go home and I would replay everything. And I'd be like, why didn't I say that? You know, so I didn't have that this time. This time I was like, look, you got the wrong one. Okay. And I moved on. But the hangover from all of that was, it's like further instability. So it's like another week where there's some level of uncertainty and I find myself just pulling away, pulling away, pulling away. And I think that shock came from even them, you know, it's like, oh my God, I'm about to be, you know, alone. And I'm at the point where I'm like, yeah, I'm there. And I'm not as stressed out about about that as I used to be. And I, I guess I shouldn't say that. I'm I don't feel like I'm alone. Um I guess I'm just not in this place where I'm doing the codependency anymore. I can't handle it. Um I've done it for too long. And so if you have to manipulate me to be in relationship with me, we're not friends. Like that's where I am. Like I can't do that anymore. It's so high school. And every time I hit one of these realizations, I level up. So I can feel the change coming from my life. I can feel big doors around the mend that are about to open. 
And so I know that it's all for a purpose and for a plan. Like I, I, I very much feel secure in that, but it doesn't, knowing that sometimes it still doesn't help the the pain of just shock, like, like a sense of betrayal almost like, wow, that's where that was going to end up. I didn't think that this was going to end there. So I've been navigating a lot of things and it doesn't help that, you know, with art directors, I'm in the art director program. We're all really good at telling stories. <laughs> okay. That's, that's what connects us is that we all tell really good stories. Okay. And so a lot of times I'm like, I can't tell if, if anybody is safe because I don't know what narratives half of these people are operating with. So it's just been a very dicey um, crowd I've been working with and, or I, I guess I feel dicey. Let me not say they, they're dicey. I feel like I'm walking on eggshells from Monday to Thursday. And that's a really tough thing to push through. Um, and so that's the, I'm like, that's in the, in a nutshell, the update since the last time we talked, I was like, let your light shine, you know, be yourself. And I really was in a good place and I had a great week every day of the week. Actually, I did not have a great week, but every day of the week I dressed up, meaning I pulled myself together. It was the one thing I could control was my outfit. And so I just focused on what I could control. And it actually helped me through this really hard week. So I think all that stuff about letting your light shine really did end up helping me because I really felt like myself in every situation that I was in. Had I walked into some of these ambushy situations, um, you know, not feeling like myself in some sweats, it would have been harder. So I think it just... It all happened the way it needed to, but it's been a really weird, really tough week. Um, so with that being said, one of the questions that I am inserting, I ran out of my um, my listener questions, um, but I thought this was well, this would be a good episode to talk about how I define success. Because that's been huge for me lately as I navigate new dynamics and navigating like a new professional landscape. Um, the art of a creative or the work of a creative is really always changing. And so there's some level of, I don't know, I, I always feel or I tend to feel unstable or unstable around that. But I don't know why. I, I'm trying to get myself to the place where I don't feel that way because it doesn't have to be an unstable practice. If anything, the actual practice of creativity is not unstable. It's very grounding. But, you know, in terms of building the projects, executing the projects, sometimes it can it can feel like, I mean, I a lot of times in projects, I'm in the 11th hour you know, an hour before the pitch, I think of something else, I add it real quick. Like that is always how I've worked, like down to the very last drop. And, you know, going through all of this, all of these dynamic changes, having to work around different vibes, it's been really difficult to like reground so I can just be present. So much of creating, especially starting to create, is just being present, allowing yourself to be vulnerable enough to stay through it. 
Sometimes that's setting a timer for 30 minutes and saying, I'm going to sit at this computer and find these mood board images for 30 minutes. Like let the natural instincts take over. If you find a rabbit hole, go down it. There's always a latch point where you get really into the work and it becomes natural. Starting can feel so overwhelming when you have so many ideas and there's pressure around it being good and around it being original, around it being all of these things and all the noise that comes with that. Like I've just realized that that's been huge for me lately. It's just like, go take yourself to a coffee shop, try, you know, by yourself. Like I am so, I've, I've just so much of my life. I've been so trying to be up everybody's butt crack And I'm like, go take yourself to the coffee shop and play. Like, I don't understand, like, and that's my issue with um, a lot of the creative energy I'm around right now is it doesn't feel playful. It feels very grueling and very demanding and a lot of pressure. And so, you know, what I'm hearing from a lot of my peers is like, well, I just think that. And I don't know. And I don't, she's doing this and I'm not going to do that. And that was my idea. You know, it's all of this like begrudging kind of why, why do we have to, I don't want to do that. And how are we going to do this? I'm just like, oh my God, if I don't go get a deep tissue massage and like go to a museum, like overthinking the creative process, I can't do it. And there's a fine line with academia where it's like, okay. Critical thinking is wonderful. It's an excellent tool, especially because so much of art direction is in taking that information, boiling it down, and doing something with it. So you've got to have the critical piece, but like you can't also then carry that critique over into yourself. And so a lot of advice that we're given is like, don't take it personally. Don't take it. That is so nasty. I'm so sick of hearing that. I'm so sick of hearing, don't take it personally. Because then what are we like, are we, are you talking to an artist? I take everything personally and I'm trying to not like, I'm, I'm actively trying to be, to be better at not taking things personally. But if I really am supposed to trust my intuition as an artist and I've taken something personally, that does affect the output. People seeing things at a certain stage before you're ready to show them does impact the final output. And so what I'm learning is that a lot of my peers are really good about showing certain things at certain times. You know, we have all these tutorials or we have all these things that we have to debut or like, oh my God, a few weeks ago, we had this critique. We call it a crit. So we, they, they're like, oh yeah, just show up, just print out what you have and then we'll talk about it. Turns out it was like the harshest critique that I've ever gotten in my life on a random Thursday. Like it was not casual vibes. It was not just show up and be yourself because this guy came around and was ripping stuff off the wall and was going, no, 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 no. This is all bad. So how can you not take that energy personally? Like everything he was saying from a design perspective was completely correct. On a personal level, energetically, I was completely offended. And like, how do you tell somebody, oh, don't be offended? Like I already am. So I don't know. It's like, this is something that I struggle with being a highly sensitive person and it directly impacts my concept of success. 
because I think I'm around a lot of people, not just in this program, in fashion school, in a lot of this industry. People have this thing about a title, this thing about recognition. They envision themselves at the top, whatever that means. And it's these very vague depictions of like power struggles. Because when I realize what it looks like in theory, it's always some kind of power struggle. You know, like start paying attention to that. If you're an artist, who is actually doing the work and who is talking about the work? Who is who is who dove into the work, dove into the into the vulnerability? I think other motivational speakers talk about the arena. Who is in the arena and who is in the stands bitching about everybody who had the courage to go into the arena? Like very much keep your eye on that because that will tell you what you need to know about who to take your advice from. A lot of people are moaning in the stands and they think that they're doing the work and they might be. But like, I don't know what they're, you know, a lot of these people are doing in the wee hours of the night. You know, but it's like I'm hearing the vibes is giving everybody's in the stands pointing fingers and ugh, and that's crazy. That's not a good idea. And I just and I'm going, oh, my God, but you're not even doing anything like it hit me this week. Oh, my God. Everybody who's actually working, who's actually busy, who's actually in the action. Who's moving through the process of creating. They don't have time to look around. They're just getting started. And so that's huge, okay? That's huge. And I'm at this place, back to the question, defining success. I'm at this place where success for me is remaining, hmm, how do I say this? Because I, I do want to change. I do want to grow and evolve. The goal is not to stay the same, but I don't want to lose my spirit. This this shit is soul crushing. A lot of this shit is draining. A lot of this shit is soul crushing. And I had a little mini breakdown last week. Not even a breakdown. I cried. I just had a cry because I was like, I'm so sick of having to choose between my integrity and like what seems important in this moment for this thing. Does that make sense? It's like, if I don't do this thing, I might look like X. Well, I'm going to have to look like X. I'm going to have to look crazy. I'm going to have to look whatever way, whatever, whatever fits the narrative for some of these people. I'm going to have to look like it so that I can actually do what is important to me. And so it's, it's, I, I get it now. I get why Kanye West <laughs> and a lot of these artists go crazy, especially Black American artists. Um, I wrote this big zine. We had one of our first projects was a zine. And for those who are unfamiliar, in a lot of the arts communications, multimedia space, um, people will make zines. And they're not just, they're not these editorial kind of voguey, glossy publications. It's like an artist homemade thing where there's a statement, there's a message, there's writing, and there's visuals. And so it's kind of like, it's not a magazine, it's a zine. It's like this punk kind of thing um, to say what you want to say, right? But it's still designed, whatever. 
So I wrote this whole zine about Black resistance, and I just thought it was Black resistance. No, it's Black American resistance. So much of the inspiration comes from us. So I'm over here in Europe going, oh, yay, you know, awesome. And everyone's going, you're American. You know, I'm having this whole like identity thing on top of all of this. And I've been opening up about that to people who I thought understood. And now I completely regret it because I realize that in the grand scheme of things here, this is not how this society functions. Like I've been trying to explain this to people because they don't understand Europe has this very ancient system of oppression. And so it is what it is. In a lot of ways, I was not expecting America to be so progressive. American culture is very progressive because it's all we're we're a new country. It's always been this, you know, I have an issue with that. And you take up your issue and you and there's so many movements happening. And here there are movements happening here. I mean, there are global issues that are shared that we all can relate to. But like in general, when it comes to like racism and really understanding, like one, the positioning of black Americans, a lot of these people have no idea. They have no idea like what the transatlantic slave trade was. And I've discovered that they know more than they're letting on because I keep having this thing where I keep having to explain slavery to people. And I realized that they kind of actually enjoy hearing you talk about your pain. Like it hit me. Stop telling these people this stuff because they actually enjoy hearing you talk about something that is so vulnerable and they don't actually care. Like they just will go, well, why don't, you know, you do this? Why don't you do that? Why don't black people do this? And I'm like, I'm, but I'm black American. And then they just will kind of look at you like, well, what about your da-da-da? What about your da And I'm like, they were enslaved, you know, like, and then we have to have this whole thing where they go, they go doe-eyed and they go, what? And then I realized they just love having access to the pain. They love it. It's like a fetish for these people to hear you talk about slavery. I swear, because they, they're, they love it. And they're so obsessed. So many people here are obsessed with Black American culture. They like romanticize it. And so I was like, oh my God, this is so awesome. We're all going to be friends. And then I was like, wait a second, because you have no actual understanding of who I really am. And I also feel like I was saying this on my story, but sometimes I feel like I don't even want to ask people to try to understand me because I would, then they would have to forego you know, their relationship to American imperialism. Like I'm, I'd be also asking them to overlook American imperialism to understand my identity. And I'm like, that's not fair. Like maybe that's not fair to do. So I just feel like I belong to this really specific subset of people who are in this bubble of the United States. And like so much of my work is connected to that. Like I said, I wrote this zine and I loved it. Um, it did really well um, amongst my professors and graders. And I was just like, so first of all, it hasn't seen the light of day. <laughs> I refuse to publish it. And I want to, I eventually want to. But right now I'm just like, mm, because I'm so sick of giving people this front seat to the pain. 
And it feels like this very grotesque, I don't know. I'm I'm redetermining my boundaries with my art and with my identity. Um, and also, meanwhile, all at the same time, trying to not lose sense of who I am as a spirit. Because I very much am a fun, loving, friendly person. And so I think people mistake me for like this gullible person who's just going to accept anything because I genuinely like to wake up in the morning, you know, and that's when I'm, I'm, I feel distorted because I'm just like, what? Like, I'm always like confused. (laughs) I'm like, wait, this is the reality? You know, like I'm somebody who very comfortably lives in Delulu land in between Delulu and reality. You know, I'm not one of those people who's who you need to look at the real picture, the real picture, you know, in terms of creating and so much of my life has lived in my heart. Decisions are made from my heart. Um, Everything is I do is is determined from my heart. So if I've ever shared anything with people, if I've ever, you know, you know, lent a hand, I really meant it. And even if we went separate ways, even if I pulled myself back, I, I didn't, like, I still meant that, you know, I still meant to have that connection and to create that space together. Does that make sense? Like, but I I don't know. It's like, I'm realizing that not everybody works that way and that's okay. Like, I don't think we all have to be the same, but every time I have this realization on every new level of life or every new like level up I have, it is so painful. And I don't think it gets easier. And that's why I say like, it doesn't make sense to tell everybody, oh, well, just don't take it personally. Like some of us are taking it everything personally. Like that is the filter in which we see the world is to live very personal, enriched inner lives. And like, again, I could fine tune the filter. I could, you know, I'm still trying to strengthen, develop the tough skin, but I'm also very much questioning like, how tough do I want to be? Because I don't want to become something that I'm not. Again, I'm, I want to change. I want to grow. I want to evolve, but I don't want to look in the mirror and not see my own reflection. And and so that's what success is to me. You know, it means nothing to me to be the creative director of some huge fashion company, and I hate myself. That's actually my worst nightmare. That's my worst nightmare, is to be doing some big job, married this certain guy, had these certain kids, and I'm miserable. I don't want to live like that. And so I, you know, I feel like I'm now getting a glimpse of how you build that. And it's through integrity. It's through integrity. And it's through establishing that integrity early on. You know, I see this all the time with artists where they then have to circle back and go, oh, wait a second. Um, This is what matters to me. And everyone's like, well, that's not who you said you were. You know, and the industry will tear them apart. And it's sad because it's like we're supposed to be, you know, the forgiving, the healers of the world, right? Like the creators are like the the solar system. 
and the our industry is ruthless. It's ruthless. And so it's this weird balance of like finding your place, carving your own place, and not focusing on having a place at all. You know, it's like I think Brene Brown quotes um well, it's not her quote, it's some other quote. I forget who said it, but he says, "Oh no, it's um Maya Angelou." You know, belonging belonging nowhere is belonging everywhere. And I love that because you know, Brené Brown, for those of you who don't know, she's um an incredible researcher. She has a lot of really great books on vulnerability and belonging. And she's really gotten to the core of a lot of what those words mean through a lot of research and um, just excellent work. And she always says that belonging is not fitting in. We have this culture of thinking that fitting in is belonging and it's not. Sometimes you just have to rock out and belong with yourself. But that's belonging. You know, and so I just, I'm at this place where I'm like, okay, I can't do the chess games. I can't do the, uh, I can't do the fitting in. And I, and I guess I think at every new level of life, every new stage, I think, okay, I'm over that. But it doesn't matter how old you get. It doesn't matter how, how much you change and grow. There will still be environments places, spaces, and people who are not mature and who will not grow. They they won't evolve. Like you might be in a situation where, you know, you're like, oh my God, I can't take too much of this in because I've got to evolve. And that may not be everybody's priority, you know? And I, and I hate to say that because I don't think that everybody's focused on I don't think anybody's a bad person inherently. Maybe that's gotten me into some trouble, but like, I do think that generally, um, there's this thing about our society, and I don't know if it's capitalism. I don't know who to blame. I think it just it all goes together, where we have this idea that we can chess play our our lives into this certain way of being, and if I manipulate so and so, and if I manipulate this and this and that, then I'll get here. And it might be true. You might get to that role. You might marry that guy. You might, you know, have won. But did you really win? You know, it's all about how you consider success. And I think the hardest pill for me to swallow is that a lot of these people are very good and will get to where they want to go. The society will reward them for playing the game. But the real success is going to sleep at night. Like really, the real success is being able to look at yourself and say, I know who you are, you know? And how about doing what it is that you've wanted to do? We focus so much on what it's supposed to look like. But as an artist, if I'm ever in a place where I cannot create, that's crisis for me. Like I don't, the artist block, that is hell. That's my personal hell. So sometimes it's not about the money. You know, it's not about the things or the way it looks. It's really about doing what you want to be doing, creating, not about what it looks like. 
you know, and so, and so I don't know, I feel like we're in this weird, you know, shift in society where a lot of us are questioning this in whatever role you might be in. You might be a nurse, you might be in healthcare. This applies to a lot of different industries, but I think it's a different layer of pain for me because it's coming from, you know, an environment that sells this idea of belonging and a culture that sells this idea of, you know, pushing the needle and saying what needs to be said so that the world can hear it and the creative industry will support it. No, the creative industry does not support it. Sometimes they won't support it. And you have to say it anyway. You have to do it anyway. You have to put one foot in front of the other. And it's this weird patience um, meditation thing that um, that I realized that's the real work. You know, it's not about the book deal or the trophy. It's about the feeling, you know, uncovering, creating something that hasn't existed before and enjoying that creation, you know, seeing it in its final ideation. One of the reasons why I was like, I'm never going to post my zine. I'm never going to publish my zine is because it's so raw. It's so real. It addresses so much reality and truth that if you aren't in a place to hear it, you won't get it. You know, I've had people read my zine and tell me straight to my face, this is horrible. It's not true. None of this is accurate. And I've had some people say, I never thought about this this way. And it changed my life. So there's this weird thing with creativity where like you almost open yourself up to something that you don't even know it will exist as an artist and where you end is never where you think the project will end. It's never where you think the work will complete itself. You never think it will conclude the way it does. And that's why I think it's important for, as an artist to give your work a timeline. At some point, you need to be done with it. And so that it can breathe and it can, you know, create new meaning over time. And so I look back on that work. And what's funny is when I finished it, I hated it. Now I look back on it and I love it. It really is one of my better pieces of work. And um, I'm glad that I got to enjoy it before I figured out what my grade was or learned what my grade was because I really did enjoy it over the break. It totally sparked a new dialogue in my family. Um, and that's when I realized it was important was when I felt that it grounded in something real. And I literally, I literally went back to the States. I went back home to America <laughs> and it clicked that it was all right, but it does not land here, you know? And so that's okay. We got to keep moving. And so, uh, that is my rant today on success, defining success. One thing that has tremendously helped me is vision boarding. I know I say this all the time, but really meditating and vision boarding and not meditating where you're just sitting down going, oh, I mean, if that's great, do you? But I do a lot of guided meditation and that helps me tremendously. And I just, if any, if I have new ideas, I'll, I'll scribble things down on pieces of paper and tack it to a board in my room. Um, 
so it can live somewhere. All of my ideas can live somewhere. I'll, I'll jot it in my notes app. I'll do something, but I love to physically take things out and write them down, physically print things out and tape them up. There's something about touching it that makes it real. And so that has helped guide me a lot because it's like, it's so easy to say, oh, I want money. I want this. I want recognition. Why? Where is that coming from? Is it coming from a place of lack? Do you want to be recognized for your work because you don't like who you are? Or is it because you want to shift people's consciousness? You know, there's two completely different intentions with that. So vision boarding is a great way to set intentions. And it's helped me tremendously financially. Um, So much of money is tied to your emotions. And I realized I don't even know what what I would spend money on. I'm sitting here going, Lord, please, if I could just have some more money, I don't even know what I would spend it on. You know, who's not to say that I would get the money and spend, blow it in the Galleria, you know? So I have pictures of their, of houses, things that I would buy with a lot of money, things to me that before I thought, oh God, I'll never be able to, don't even say that. Like, think about the material stuff that's important to you too. You know, what are, what are the little things that you could buy yourself that you could reward yourself with? Print it out and put it on your board. Like it really does focus your energy on something. Um, and it, and it just subtly subconsciously helps you reset those intentions. So I highly recommend the vision board. It's just a little bit of like a, remember who you are little note, a reflection of you back to you, um, especially the reflections of your brain that like, you know, the the things that come up from your heart that you say in your head and you're like, oh, I want to do that one day. That's really important that you don't forget that and that you've envisioned it somewhere so that you can remember what that was like, what that felt like to feel like it was possible. Because it's really easy to just say that, well, I always wanted to do that. Why can't you? You know, you can. So I'm very much into that whole thing. That to me is like prayer. That to me is like just my wheelhouse spiritually. And I know that my life is not just about things, buying things and accomplishing things, but experiencing them. So um, it's all connected. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that that's today's episode. Um, I do new episodes every Friday or actually technically Saturday on in UK time. Okay. They launch on Saturday. (laughs) I don't know why I keep forgetting that every week, but it's so fun to have these dialogues with y'all. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that you like this uh, format where I just talk. I feel like I really wanted to strip things down. I didn't want it to be so, um, scripted anymore. Like I just am coming at you from perspectives of the real things that are happening in real time because this is the work of creating like I just created an episode and I didn't have to overthink it something sparked my idea and I immediately went to the mic and that's just how I've been doing things lately so if you like this episode rate my podcast that always helps me and I'll see y'all next week bye